Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Going Up Cash, your weekly feel-good podcast for this week. I went on a trip to Christmas Incarnate. We talk a lot about cyberpunk, I talk a lot about whiskey, and a little bit more. Merry fucking holiday season, everybody. I hope you're all having a fantastic December. I mean, this is my absolute favorite time of year. We get, we got Christmas, we got winter. I, I, go, I went to Leavenworth, which is fucking Christmas all over the place. Uh, we talk about cyberpunk a lot. Um, we got a lot of thoughts on cyberpunk. Um, I, I tried a bunch of different liquors and boozins and cruisins. Um, and I think there's some other stuff in there as well. Um, like like Yogg's Cast Charity stuff. I can't quite remember. Anyway, before we get into uh, this episode of the podcast, I just want to real quick um, thank everybody who supports me on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash growing upcast. I've been doing a lot of really fun new uh, projects on there, including my movie commentary tracks. We just uploaded uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, and before Christmas, um, I will be putting up my commentary track for The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, um, which is uh, one of my my holiday standards, but boy, is that movie bad. (laughs) So that will be going up here pretty soon. And we're also doing the Pokemon Nuzlocke run. Um, there's a lot of really fun stuff going up on, on the Patreon and it would mean the world to me if you guys could check it out and, uh, you know, support the, support the podcast. Um, I also finished recording Twilight, um, before on Friday on, no, on Thursday, I finished recording Twilight. It took me to like one in the fucking morning. So the last like five to six chapters of Twilight are really fucking sleepy and, um, new moon will, will begin pretty much as soon as Twilight is over. Also people fucking love Twilight. And that makes me so happy. We've gotten more subscribers to the podcast and more hits to the website in this past week than we have in months. So thank you all so much. I'm thrilled you love the the Twilight audiobook as much as I do. And it, it means the world to me. Um, but that's enough dilly-dallying. Oh, also, um, I, I read a, a Christmas story in this podcast. Pfft, duh. I forgot about that. Um, but yeah, we, we do another we do another story in this podcast, so I hope you like that too. Let's get into it. I've spoken about this a couple of times, and I will continue to until either they stop doing it or I'm dead. But since I'm going to live forever, it really depends on if they stop doing it. Um, and I wanted to just give a, a, a fellow internet fucking shout out to what inspired me to really kind of start making things for the internet and that's the Augscast. watching them for over a decade now at the time of recording this which is astounding not much like a couple weeks but like december like 4th of 2010 i believe is when they start started start i think it's december 10th actually um the the minecraft place anyway every year they do a charity live stream called the the jingle jam um it wasn't always called that but it it is now um and i've seen every single one and I've donated to every single one. Um, and this year, uh, due to COVID, they were only able to do it for two weeks. And um, at the time of recording this, I'm watching the final stream uh, where they have raised 2.12 million pounds for various charities, uh, including like the Whale and Dolphin Conservation UK. Um, oh gosh, uh, who else? Uh, Briston Children Hospitals. Uh, special effects, the Mental Health Foundation, War Child UK, ILGA World, Open Bionics Foundation, Access Sports, 125, National Video Game Museum, Saving Our World, and Call of Duty Endowment UK. They have raised money for all of those wonderful charities. It's an insane amount of money. It's, I believe it is over 3 million US. 
uh, 2.12, uh, actually it's in pounds, sorry, not euros, pounds, is it in pounds? Um, hold on, double checking, no, it is in euros, no, it is in pounds, I'm right, uh, pounds to, uh, USD, um, uh, oh, sorry, I, I need this to be million, million, uh, so, yeah, that's 2.82 million dollars, so they're really close to 3 million, the USD, and it's been, it's been a wonderful bunch of streams. Um, I've seen quite a few of them this year, more than I have in, like, say, last year. Um, and they actually raised more than they did last year in half the time, which is astounding. Um, it was just it was just a lot of fun. And I'm really, really happy and proud of those guys for, for raising all this money for charity. It's, it's a wonderful cause. And, of course, you get a bunch of, like, fun video games. Like, um, oh, God, what fucking games did I get? Uh, and, and part of that bundle. Actually, I can click on the link and tell you what was part of the bundle. Can't get it anymore, unfortunately. Um, uh, Colony Survival, Dicey Dungeons, Among Us, if you didn't have it, Prison Architect, uh, Starbound, um, Battle of Polytopia, whatever that is, Drawful 2, uh, Perfect Date, Dream Daddy a Dad, Dating Simulator, uh, Sunless Sea, Car Mechanic Simulator 2015, Shopkeep, Orcs Must Die, Don't Starve, uh, Transistor, which I didn't have, Path of Exile, um, DLC, just a bunch of great stuff. Brunch Club, just just a great bunch of games, and they're, they're a good bunch of creators. Um, I'm sure there are people out there who disagree with me, and that's fine. You can have your own opinion, but I love the Oxcast. And I, I, for me, it's, a, it's now a Christmas tradition to watch uh, Lewis and Simon look at Jingle Cats December 1st. Um, I've done it every year since they started doing it and I will continue to do it and it's just it makes me smile and it makes me happy and it's one of my uh, uh, default charity things I like to do every year because it's such a such a wonderful group of people and it's always a good cause and you get games for it so it's just it's wonderful stuff um, and I wanted to acknowledge their their success of raising over two million dollars two million pounds however you want to phrase it they raised a shit ton of money for charity and that is absolutely spectacular so there you go. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Morning, everybody. It is it is quite early in the morning um, for this segment of the uh, the old podcast arena. But I wanted to talk about something that I think is kind of silly, um, and that is the sheer amount of people hating on cyberpunk for a number of reasons um you know people are frustrated about the bugs and all that stuff but the thing that really kind of gets me um and if and i'm not not to be a be a bit of a bit of a dill but uh the number of people complaining that it doesn't run super great on consoles is kind of astounding to me because whoever expected this game to run on consoles like, I know what they said that it would. Um, and while it technically does, of course, the number of, like, NPCs on console and all that stuff is dramatically reduced compared to PC. But that's always the case, you know? Like, consoles can't compare to a computer. That's kind of one of the things about consoles. That a console can be super-duper powerful, but then at the end of the day, a fucking decent computer can be just as good if not better than most consoles and that's just kind of the way it is um and 
I mean, I, I'd be frustrated too if I got this on PlayStation 4. But, I mean, there's just a lot of people hating on this game. And I, I, I bet, you know, there's a certain amount of that going around because it's popular and it's fun to hate on things that are popular. Believe me, I know. Um, but I'm sitting here playing Cyberpunk on PC, actively complaining about how there are too many NPCs. Because, like, I lose sight of, like, Jackie in a crowd and I keep bumping into all these random fucking strangers. And, um... It's incredibly irritating, especially because the vast majority of those individuals are just filler. They'll have like one to two lines of dialogue each, and that's like it. You can't do anything with them. I don't even know if you can kill them yet. I haven't tried it. Um, but they just kind of exist there. Um, I will say that uh, my experiences with the game thus far have been awesome. Um, are there like weird little quirks here and there? Absolutely. Like the, 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 uh, the fucking hand to hand combat is a little squirrely where you'll be standing like a good three to four feet away from somebody and they still somehow land a hit on you because you didn't dodge it at like just the right time. So things are a little laggy. And every time I counter punch, the sounds for the counter punch are not synced up with the actual visuals of me counter punching. Um, every time it'll go like pap pap pap, and then it'll do the motions of the counter punch afterwards. Um, it's like got this weird like bullet time slowdown effect, and that throws the whole thing off because the the audio did not get bullet timed sound delayed. Um, so that's one of my one of my bigger bugs. But uh, I enjoy I'm playing on a normal, and um, I I don't think it's because the game is busted. Why? things are challenging i think it's just because i'm bad at the game and i'm trying to get used to it which is the way it should be um and so like one of the fights i fought like some twins and um that took me a couple of tries to figure out like the the proper way of doing it um but if you get the timing of the counter punches down it's trivial how uh, <laughs> how easy that fight became um it was kind of astounding how easy that fight became once i figured out how to counter um, properly. And then after that, um, I'm enjoying just like picking quests on the map, you know, open quest style. And I found like a, a gang hideout. Um, and it was, it's got like four guys in it. And, uh, you know, I picked off one guy really easily. And then I picked off another guy super easily and like disposed of the bodies properly and did the whole thing. Um, and then I'm like in the hideout and then there's just this really big fucking individual and um, I was going to sneak up on them and I like fucked it up and they saw me and they just start coming after me and like shooting me. And I'm still in crouch mode, like my gun out, just like slowly wa crab walking backwards while I'm just shooting them in the face with my fucking like machine gun. And they're still standing. So you're just like, fuck. Also, this is probably like the first game where there's a really clear in-universe reason why bullets don't instantly kill people. Um... Unlike, you know, Call of Duty where you could get hit like 18 times and then just hide behind a wall and regain your health. These are like cybernetic robot monster people. So, of course, a single bullet isn't going to take them down. What would their like reinforced skin and strengthened bones and all that stuff. So, I think that's, that's phenomenal. Um, and then I remember complaining to a friend of mine that money was like super hard to come by. You'd go to like a store or the goddamn Rip Dock and look at the like augmentations you can get on your cyber dude 
and everything's like super expensive and I'm like where am I gonna get all this fucking money I don't know what happened but after looting like everything within sight everywhere I somehow now have something like thirty thousand dollars um and I'm still only like six hours in I have a ludicrous amount of money and I don't know where it all came from but I have it so I'm not complaining um but I need to spend it on shit I want I want to make my dude the most cybernetic motherfucker you've ever seen I'm gonna make this asshole bulletproof and all sorts of dumb shit and he's gonna be a goddamn walking tyrannosaurus and it's gonna be fucking killer um so yeah I'm not surprised that the game is getting a lot of hate. I feel a little bit bad for the developers because Lord knows they did their best. It, they would not have delayed it this many times and taken 12 years to make the fucking thing if they did not do their fucking best. So, I think the story so far is phenomenal. I love the characters. Things that like I'm in the game for are amazing, you know? Um, I, I do need to rebind some of the keys. Like, the skip dialogue button is the same as the crouch button by default. There is another crouch button on control, but it's not like the permanent crouch. It's just like a half crouch. It's like a, it's like you crouch and then stand back up. But C, like, puts you in, like, permanent sneak mode. Um, also, the skills are amazing. The skill... So, there are so many fucking skill trees. So, there are... All right. There are, what? I think six um or five uh like dedicated stats it's like body and tech and cool and dexterity and all this shit and within each of those bigger subjects there are skill trees and then there are like additional skills within those bigger subjects so it'd be like if you're in cool you can level up in stealth or whatever the other one is and if you're in body you can level up in strength or whatever the other ones are and so on and so forth and I'm like looking at these skills and it's like really dope shit like right off the bat like one of the stealth things is like increase movement speed by 20% while in stealth mode and I'm like fuck that's killer and then it's like aerial takedowns like Batman and all these amazing fucking skills and I'm sitting here being like I hope I can get enough levels to like really make my fucking mercenary just the dopest shit and part of me just wants to like grind and level up and do all of this crazy shit before like getting into quests really and doing the story and it's oh man it is it is pretty fucking rad i gotta be honest and once you get into the open world and you can move around like however you want you can summon your car to you like fucking opponent from legend of zelda you can you can parkour like um fucking mirror's edge not as in depth but you can absolutely just like start climbing buildings and seeing what's up there um which is a habit i've gotten into i stumbled upon that's the best that's the best thing to say about a video game. You stumbled upon. This living world exists in this video game. And I'm just, I was walking to a completely different quest. Couldn't give a fuck. And then all these cop cars come screaming in out of nowhere. And they run into like this underground basement. And they're like, restrain the subject. They're just shouting about shit. And I'm like, I don't know what this is about. So I crossed the police line because I don't give a fuck. And I just, you know, decided to go on down there and see what's happening. And all the cops are dead. And there's this fucking mini boss on the other side who's like fucking phasing around like a goddamn super villain um and i unloaded something like 600 machine round shots into her fucking head before she died and then i looted everybody and that's probably one of the places where i got like all of my money but just just randomly there like i saw like no quests i saw nothing about it i'm just wandering around the streets taking in the sights and all of a sudden there's a goddamn shootout next to me 
and I go and check it out and I, you know, save everybody. You know what this is really giving me big vibes about? Is fucking Westworld. You know? Like, the whole thing that Anthony Hopkins was about being like, you want pe- people remember the subtle details. That's what they fall in love with. And um, it's moments like that where you can just randomly find, like, a shootout with a really epic boss. And you can take out the epic boss pretty easily through scumbag tactics, which is what I did. Every time they charged me, I just calmly walked backwards and they never hit me. It was kind of ridiculous, but I'm okay with it because it allowed me to get some dope loot pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, it's, it's moments like that. It's things like um, in like Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, that nemesis system where like if you you know you might you defeat them but they'll come back and you they fight you and they've changed because of how you fought them last time like i absolutely loved that system and it led to some of the best moments i've ever experienced in a video game where you'd be doing something else and then you'd be like i found you stranger wherever they fucking shout and you look around and he's missing an eye because that's where you shot him last time and you're just like you again let's go and it's just like those moments are are the best moments in in fucking video games and to have one of those moments occur within like the first you know day of playing cyberpunk is is incredible and i love the guns and i love the outfits um and it's just it's just been amazing so far um i also love the nods like there's that there's that uh android that works with the ripper doc that's inspired by the fucking uh replicant from blade runner what's 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 their face i can't remember what their fucking character name was but i loved that um i get i get a lot of vibes from a lot of different things i think the uh the talk show is very reminiscent of the genji games from saints row i think that's exactly what that's like taking inspiration from and i'm totally okay with that um i love like the movers and shakers i don't really have a sense of like a bigger plot it just seems like i'm climbing my way up like the crime ladder which is pretty rad and um, one thing I will say about this game is, while I'm sure replayability is excellent, I don't think this is the sort of game where I'm going to start a new character. I think this is the sort of game where I'm going to fucking play this character into the goddamn ground and cover as much fucking shit as possible. Because I have a feeling this is kind of like one of those telltale situations where you had like different starting pads at the beginning of the game, but I don't think that's really going to change your gameplay all that much. Um, from like story to story, I think it's mostly the same shit. I'm saying this with zero evidence. I have no idea. It could be completely different. If there were three unique campaigns, they'd be insane, but they're not. There's no way. There's no way. I, I won't, I won't believe that. Probably little missions here and there, but not, not the same, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. And, um, I, I think, uh, the best way to play it is I've got, you know, mouse and keyboard for all my on-foot exploration, but the second I'm in a, driving a car, I break out the controller, which is right next to me. I've had the same Xbox 360 controller for, since, like, middle school, um, like, USB port, the thing still works, and I love it. It's like a goddamn brick. It just lives forever. Um, and if I was going to replace that, I'd almost want to buy another 360 controller, um, but I'd probably get, like, whatever the new Xbox USB controller is. Because um, I like having it directly plug in. Um, but no, Cyberpunk has just been... It's been... <laughs> it's it's like when somebody complains about, like, an insurance company. Like, you know, like, you know, insert name of insurance company. Oh, they're the worst. You know, I've always had trouble with them. Or fucking Xfinity, right? 
they're the worst. I've always had trouble with them. And you got me going like, I've never had a bad experience with them, so I don't particularly mind it. It's kind of like that's what it is with me and Cyberpunk. Are there bugs? Sure. Is it flawless? No. Is it fun as hell? Absolutely. I'm loving it. It's so fantastic. So, you know, as, as Taylor Swift is often lauded to say, my new album came out last night at midnight. And <laughs> uh, it's really fun. You know, make your own opinions about everything, really. Um, you know, if you if you wanted to play Cyberpunk like I and all of my friends did, um, then you should probably check it out because it's it's pretty fun and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm definitely not pulling up Taylor Swift's new album on, on Spotify to check it out. So play Cyberpunk, it's rad. Oh, let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Hi! I'm a little drunk. Um, I I made a, a tequila cocktail, the Casa de Dragones. If you're familiar with my work, you know it's my favorite fucking cocktail to make. It's also the only cocktail I know how to make. So I always have the ingredients on hand. And um, I'm about to play D&D in like 45 minutes. So I figured that, hey, why not get a little bit smash for her? But... It is the, it is the podcast of the week of Christmas. This Friday is Christmas, Christmas Day. I didn't miss it, and I thought I would finally read, um, like the fucking Christmas story. I already read a Christmas Carol, so that only really leaves the one. Even though I have a book in my goddamn bookcase over there called the like the Fireside Book of Christmas Stories, I don't know what's really in there. Might be willing to bet that this is in there. This is Twas the Night Before Christmas by Clement Clark Moore, also known as A Visit from St. Nicholas. There we go. Twas the night before Christmas when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in the hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. The children were all nestled snug in their fucking... I messed it up. Fuck, they're in their beds. While visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. I don't really like plums. You could sugar another fruit and I'd be all over that. And Mama, in her kerchief, and I in my cap, had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. I thought it was I'd just settled down for a long winter's nap. Perhaps it varies in the telling. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like the flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of new fallen snow gave a luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wandering eyes did appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer, which for some reason is hyphenated in this version of the story. No, it's one word. When a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came. He whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen. On Comet, on Cupid, on Donner and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As leaves that before the wild hurricane fly. When they met with an obstacle, mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew with a sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. 
And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, so merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard on his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held in his teeth, and the smoke and encircled his head like a wreath. And he had a broad face and a little round belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word, but went straight to his work and filled all the stockings and turned with a jerk. And laid his fingers aside his nose, and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team, gave a whistle, and away they flew like a down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night. There were lines in this poem I've never heard before, ever. And I wonder if fucking other versions had those other lines. Um, I'm just scanning this other one. Um, I, I, yeah, I guess. I guess, um, yeah, no, I guess that that's just how the poem goes. I don't know, maybe I've just heard, like, kind of fucking annotated versions of that story. It's fucking $10 to buy that night before Christmas on goddamn fucking Amazon. So it's been a little while since Cyberpunk dropped, and, uh, oh boy, did the, uh, the whole kind of collective public opinion of this game veer quite drastically um, away from it being good. That being said, I mean, if I if I look on fucking you know Steam or whatever at uh, how many hours my collective friend group have put into this game, it's um it's astounding. I've put in sixteen hours. Uh, I, I see, uh, 70 plus hours, 50 plus hours, uh, at least three people around 40 hours, um, and, uh, various numbers, um, beyond there. Is it buggy? Absolutely. I've definitely gotten my fair share of bugs. Some of my favorites, um, have been, uh, trees just kind of popping in the middle distance. Like no matter where you are in the city, you'll just see trees like cutting through all of the buildings. Um, so that's a lot of fun. I, uh, got on, like, a rooftop at one point, and then I jumped, and V just fucking kind of, like, Superman flew through the entire city and then exploded on the other side. That was fun. Um, I got my car wedged on, like, a fucking lamppost, and the whole thing just flipped, like, eight times and then slammed into a building, and I died. Um, so yeah, there's bugs everywhere. Lots of bugs. Um... And I, one of the, one of the things that I th I find particularly interesting is um they they seemed to really focus on um the the kind of inclusivity and depth of the the like the kind of sexual nature of the character creation, allowing you to blend any piece with any piece. Um, and to have your choice of, I mean, there's like two dong sizes and then a couple of like PB care, uh, options. 
uh, not to get too crass, but there, there's some customizability there. Um, and as far as I or anyone else seems to be able to figure out, there are two fucking, like, opportunities in the game to uh, do anything of that nature, and that's kind of it. And it seems like uh, a disparity between the conversation of the info they gave us before the game came out and what the game actually offers. And that is a continuing theme in a lot of different areas. Um, there's an unfortunate amount of people looking back over the things that CD Projekt Red said was going to be in the game that are, in fact, not in the game um, to the point where it went from kind of like charming bugs to people actually realizing at least from their point of view that this is just a bad game which is uh very unfortunate i'm still having a ton of fun in the game the i don't mind the bugs i think the story is very interesting um from my perspective so if you don't care what the internet says and i encourage you to form your own opinion i would still recommend the game um but i also agree with uh this one um, conversation I've seen floating around that cyberpunk needs a a no man's sky level like fucking redo um, in order to make this game what they kind of said it was going to be when it super didn't turn out that way and in case you don't know no man's sky launched with a bunch of promises and while it achieved some of them on launch it was essentially just this infinite universe with nothing to do in it and then over the course of no man's sky's lifetime they completely revamped like the whole fucking game and now it is what they always said it was going to be and it's a fucking ton of fun and it's incredible it's it's such a unique game that i that i love it to pieces um and cyberpunk needs that like if cyberpunk had um like for me I would love something similar to, I mentioned it before, the Shadow of War Nemesis system um, in Cyberpunk would be really cool. And I think this game will benefit immensely from, um, you know, a lifetime of, of DLC. All of which, in my head, should be free um, because of how uh, misleading, I guess, some of the initial press releases were. Um, because I feel like anything they do to make the game better at this point is just shit that should have been in the game from the start. And charging us more for that would make many folks irate. So, I'm not sure what CD Projekt Red's history is with DLC. Um, like, I never played The Witcher 3. That being said, I kind of want to go back and play The Witcher 3. Because I know that game is phenomenal. And I know everybody loves it. And it's got such depth of narrative and all these fun side quests and all this amazing shit. And it's immensely long. And so it's kind of like, well, if I want to see what the studio is really capable of, I should probably just go back and play The Witcher 3. And I'm looking at it right now and it's $40. That's not that bad. So just, you know, saying, saying for the record. Oh, they do have like, there, there is a Wild Hunt expansion pass for $25, I guess. Um, which is also seen as overwhelmingly positive. That's pretty cool. Um, Heart of Stone. Oh, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of free DLC too, but it's mostly like armor sets and stuff like that. But there's like blood and wine and stuff like that. So they do charge for, for DLCs. Anyway, Cyberpunk. 
closing statements, unless something incredible happens in like a story that I want to talk about. Um, it is buggy. It, there's not as much to do in that game as they originally told us to do. But that all being said, I still think it's a really fun game. I'm enjoying it immensely. I think the bugs are charming rather than frustrating. Um, the story's pretty cool. The game looks great after you turn off like the fucking crowds, which are just mindless bodies in the way that do nothing for no one except slow my computer down. So I just turned them off. Um, yeah, it's I, I like it a lot. I'm excited to finish it. Um, and I probably, once I finish it, I probably won't revisit it until either a bunch of fucking updates come out, um, or DLC, I guess, or, uh, Cyberpunk Online is a thing, and it fucking better be, because even if there's not a whole lot to do in the game, it'd be a fucking lot more fun to do nothing with just a bunch of fucking dipshits running around Night City just blowing that shit up like GTA. Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Hi, everybody. So, recently, uh, a friend of mine got me a pretty fantastic early Christmas present uh, in the form of this big plastic thing behind me, and I'm going to talk about it here. Uh, I don't know where they got this, but it is 12, um, like, airplane-sized bottles of whiskey. I believe it's to do, like, the 12 days of Christmas countdown. Um, and at the time of recording this, there's only... Uh, uh, nine days till Christmas. So I, I had some catching up to do. That's the plastic of the of the container that's making that noise. So I, I consumed a couple of them, and I wanted to talk about them uh, in my, my experience with them. I had uh, Jameson's, like um, bog standard uh, Jameson's triple distilled Irish whiskey. Uh, we had Glenlivet 12-year double oak, which is matured in European and American oak casks. And then the Glenlivet 14-year uh, Cognac Cask Selection. So those were the three that I drank. Um, I chose those three because they are three out of four types of whiskey in here that have a duplicate. So I figured that, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll drink those because, I, you know, there's another one that I can, I can drink of that later. Um, and I'll talk about the others Um as time progresses, I'll probably just like chime in here and there as they get consumed and I'll pop over into the podcast and be like, well, I drank this one. It's freaking. So, uh, let's see. Out of those three that I listed, the double oak was probably my favorite. There wasn't a whole heck of a lot of cognac flavor in the, uh, in the 14 year. Very good. It was the smoothest of the three of them, but not a whole lot of cognac flavor. And I was kind of missing that, um, just a, just a little bit, but it's still very tasty. Um, the double oak definitely had a, a good strong oak vibe. I don't know if it's split like 50, 50, you know, six years in European or six years in American. I don't know that. Um, but it is, it's got a really good smooth flavor to it. So I'm excited to drink that again. And then Jameson's was fantastic. I mean, Jameson's was my bog standard, um, go-to whiskey for years, really. Um, until my, my tastes got, uh, more expensive, I guess, but you cannot go wrong with Jameson's for $20 a bottle. Usually on average, it is, it is excellent, excellent whiskey. Um, and it goes down so fucking smooth. Uh, it's, it's a really fantastic gift. And there's a, there's a couple in here I've never had before, um, ever. So I'm very excited to try some of these out. Um, I'm excited for all of them, but I, you know, I got to pace myself so I don't just shred my liver. 
Uh, but it was it was very fun, and I am super excited about it. They also come in these like big plastic orbs. I'm guessing so they can be hung as like ornaments on a tree, which is very fun. Um, it's just it's just an awesome little thing. So if you're listening, thank you very much for this fantastic whiskey gift. I'm gonna put it on the ground next to me. Uh, so as days progress, I can just crack open a little bottle of whiskey and just knock it on back. I should really toss all of these in the freezer actually. And then um, just fucking grab them when it's when it's time to just have a little little snifter of something. So I'm excited to drink a bunch of these. So get excited for some more uh, some more whiskey reviews as as the podcasts go on. It's been a couple of days since I did the whiskey announcement of uh, of, of trying things, and um, I went uh, pretty ham on uh, a couple of different bottles. Context, I went uh, away on a trip this past weekend for a birthday party, and um, I wanted to bring a bunch of stuff in order to try a bunch of new things. So first off, let's run through what was through the um, the, the 12 Days of Christmas Whiskey Advent Calendar. Uh, various things that I consumed, Jameson's Caskmates, there was two of them in there. Uh, there was an IPA version and a stout version. Basically, what that was was, uh, was the whiskey aged in uh, those sorts of beer barrels. And um, they were both very good. Uh, I enjoyed the stout version a lot. It had a really nice depth of flavor. Um, and the IPA one was kind of brighter, if that makes sense. Forgive me if I've spoken about some of these whiskeys before. I don't have any of the bottles with me, but I have consumed all of the whiskey. So I'm doing this off of memory. Um, the cognac cask edition of the Glen Levitt, which was a 14 year, was delicious. Um, I also tried Hennessy for the first time uh, this weekend in an, like an airplane bottle, and cognac is great. Um, it's kind of like it's a lot like whiskey um, in in flavor profiles, but it's got like an orangey note to it, and I'm just a big fan of that. Um, so cognac was great. Still want to try brandy at some point, but I know cognac and brandy are very similar. Chivas Regal. Um, I believe is how that's pronounced, uh, was a new experience for me. I'd never had that whiskey before. It's also the oldest whiskey in the advent calendar at 18 years. Um, excellent flavor. It's a wonderful whiskey. Uh, it's a blended scotch whiskey, but I was a big fan of that. Um, I think I still have one tiny bottle left of that, but I might have to track that down separately. Um, that was, that was simply superb. Um, obviously the, the Glen Levitt double, uh, oak, the European and American blend was really tasty. Um, had a very strong woody vibe to it, which is, uh, yeah, absolutely wonderful when done correctly. And this absolutely was the French oak, uh, variation, uh, was a bit more mellowed than, um, the, the double oak variety. Uh, same goes for, I believe there was just straight up an American one. The single oak casks had like less going on, I guess, if that makes sense, because it was, it's just the one type of, um, oak using, used to mature the whiskeys. Sorry, it's it's very early in the morning and I drank most of this last night, so <laughs> I'm still trying to get my bearings. Um gosh, what else was there? Uh I think that was it for the for the whiskey advent calendar, if I'm if I'm honest. There's like normal Jameson's, which of course I love and um there was a Glen Levitt uh cognac edition which we already spoken about, which was great. Had that same orangey vibe. Um Gosh, what else did I try? I tried Gentleman Jack, um, which is a, a modified version of Jack Daniels. 
which comes in a which comes in a fancy bottle. But of course, I got it in the airplane bottle size. It's call me strange, but it had a very strong apple pastry vibe to it, um, which wasn't unappreciated. But it wasn't exactly what I wanted at the time that I drank it. So I wasn't a super big fan of it. It was very dessert-like, which is very strange um, to describe uh, whiskey as. I know I had like the, oh, what is it called? The, like the Glenlivet Caribbean Reserve. Um, and that tastes like buttered popcorn um, or toffee, pop, toffee popcorn. Um, so I'm not unfamiliar with like dessert whiskeys. Well, that's what Gentleman Jack reminded me of. We already spoke about the Hennessy. Um, gosh, what else did I have? Um, I tried brown sugar bourbon, which I was always curious about because I've seen it at Costco a lot, and I'm thankful to all the all the gods above that I did not buy the full size bottle at Costco because it's basically just bourbon with like melted brown sugar syrup in it. It is so sickly sweet. It is unreal. Bourbon already is pretty sweet. Because sugar is like part of the fucking bourbon making process, especially brown sugar. It's got like a molasses vibe to it most of the time, but not on this level. It was it was a whole other tier of fucking way too goddamn sweet. Crown Royal Whiskey. Tried that for the first time. That's pretty good. I believe that's a Canadian whiskey. Um, and of course, I got it in a tiny little bottle. Um, I also got uh, Woodford Reserve, which is another bourbon. Um, it was much better than the brown sugar bourbon, but I didn't notice until after I purchased it that it's from Kentucky. And um, I long since made the decision to boycott anything from Kentucky because they reelected Mitch McConnell. I don't get political a lot, but fuck that guy straight in his asshole. So um, it's good bourbon, but I'm not going to drink that shit anymore. Um, fuck, what else did I get? Uh, there was a bunch of stuff. There was a bunch of stuff. Um... I think I still have quite a few of them. That's that's part of the problem. And I'm also, you know, struggling to remember it because I was drunk when I drank it and I didn't hang on any of the bottles like a fool. Um, I still have a couple of things like left to try. I think there's a, there's a couple of duplicate bottles from the advent calendar that I need to consume. Um, but the one I've been really curious about is Absinthe, um, which I do have a bottle of, which I've never had in my life. Um, so I'm really curious about that. I'll probably talk about that next week once I actually get around to trying it. Um, but up next, we're going to talk about even more alcohols that I have consumed, as well as what I did over this weekend. Hello! So, just got back from uh, my trip to Leavenworth, Washington. Um, I went over there for a birthday party. And if you don't know what Leavenworth is... Um, just imagine if Christmas became a town, then, then you've got Leavenworth. It's nestled up in the mountains, um, pretty, pretty far up there. It's like 4,000-ish feet, I would estimate, um, without Googling it. It's a Bavarian village, and Bavaria is an area of Germany that is, um, very, has a very strong aesthetic culture, um, and it's usually what a lot of people think of when they think of Germany, uh, like later Hosen and Oktoberfest and uh, Wiener Schnitzel, all that shit. It's from Bavaria. Um, and obviously, German it, Germany is a, is much more than just this one aspect of their culture. But this is a very strong aspect of a uh, of their culture, and uh, it's it's very well embodied in the town of Leavenworth. And so we went up there for a birthday party. Uh, it was me and a couple of friends, 
and we stayed at a, a very nice uh, hotel that was basically like a condo. It was like two bed, two bath. I had a fireplace and a full kitchen. It was, it was absolutely wonderful. Um, and so we got up there like Friday. Here, let me let me. So, so the the journey from my house to Leavenworth takes about two and a half to three hours. I went along a much longer route um, because a. I was worried about snow. I have two paths to Leavenworth. I can take Stevens Pass, which is uh, very tall and um, can be quite perilous during the, the really cold winter times, especially if those roads haven't been plowed in a while. Or I could take 90, which is a lot closer um, to sea level. It's a lot lower in terms of elevation and it's much more heavily trafficked than um, Stevens Pass is. So my, my rationale was that if there was snow, it wouldn't be much. Um, and both passes lead you through awesome little ski um, areas. You got Stevens Pass and then you got Snoqualmie Pass. And so I took 90 down um, for, for safety. I, I stopped by like BevMo on the way to pick up a bunch of stuff, including all, like all the airplane sized bottles, uh, including the Whiskey Avenue calendar. I brought that with me. Um, and all the, all the new stuff like the Woodford and the Brown Sugar Bourbon and the Crown Royal and the Absinthe. I, I brought all that shit. Um, we never drank the Absinthe though. I'm still going to try that soon. Um, I also picked up a St. Bernardus's Christmas Ale, which was a very dark, pretty good tasting beer. Um, but none of us were in the mood for like a large beer. So we only really tried it and then I got rid of it. And then I also picked up a Raspberry Lambic beer, um, which is one of my favorites. I absolutely love Lambic beers. Um, but we didn't end up drinking that either. But that went home with the uh, with the birthday person. So picked up those things. And then I dropped by on Snoqualmie Pass to take pictures. I went to Drew Brew, which is spelled D-R-U-B-R-U, I believe. Drew Brew. And uh, they've got wonderful be beers. Beers. Uh, I would highly recommend them if you ever find them on the shelf. Uh, I tried their Ski Patrol, which was a German dark style Dunkel Ale. Um, and I do enjoy the darker beers. And it was very nice to have during like a winter environment. And then I also picked up like a six pack of Pyramid Snowcap, um, which is also like a wintry beer. Also very good. And so once I got past Drew Brew, um, the roads were totally fine on 90. That was the that was the reason I went that way. Um, but by the time I was about uh, maybe an hour outside of Leavenworth on the other side of the mountains, I got a text from like everybody else who was going to be here this weekend saying that they hadn't left yet. And they lived further away from Leavenworth than I did. And so I'm like, well, I've got something akin to like four hours to kill. Um, so instead of going straight to Leavenworth, I continued driving out east to go to Ellensburg. Um, to visit a friend of mine from college. Um, he and his, uh, his wife live out there in Ellensburg, and I got to spend some time with both of them. And we went on a walk, and I got um, a London Fog, which is a, a tea latte, which is one of my favorite drinks. It was actually the... I drank, like, a bunch of London Fogs this weekend because there was a lot of Starbucking. Um, well, I say a lot. We went to Starbuck one. But I got... That was my... That was one of two London Fogs I drank this weekend, and I'm a big fan of those tea lattes. And in Ellensburg, we also visited a store called... Pearl St. Books. Um, and that is important because Pearl St. Books is where I picked up physical copies of the entire Twilight series. And when I say entire Twilight series, I mean the first four. Um, we'll see about all the other fucking shit. Um, but I'm not... The quick side tangent. I'm not a big fan of the fact that Stephanie Myers has rewritten Twilight three different times. I'm not going to read those. Midnight Sun is just Twilight again from Edward's point of view. Life and Death 
the 10-year anniversary book of Twilight, is just Twilight with Edward and Bella gender-swapped to Edith and Blynn. I'm not, I'm not doing that shit. It's just not happening. So, no. Anyway. Um, yeah, like, if, if fucking J.K. Rowling came out with, like, Hermione Granger and the Sorcerer's Stone, well, I, I might read that, but it'd be the same fucking book, you know? It's, like, just a different perspective. So, there might be, like, mildly new things and basic changed insights, but by and large, it'd be the same fucking book. So, anyway, side tangent over. Had a great time in Ellensburg, and then I hit the road to Leavenworth, um, going up... Uh, it's called like Blewett Pass or something like that. It's a, it's a road I've never driven on in my life um, that I can remember, but it was very cool. Uh, ended up driving alongside this massive fucking river and then got into Leavenworth. And so I went straight to the hotel and I checked in and brought all my stuff up to the, to the room and like unloaded the presents and set up all the booze and basically sat by the fire and started reading New Moon because I didn't have anything else to do. Um, and then I got hungry, so I ended up walking across the street to, a, like, a drive through burger joint. And, um, whenever I try a new restaurant, especially, like, a burger joint, I want to see, like, what they're really capable of. So I got a couple of things from there. I ended up getting, like, a, a double meat cheese burger. I got their Kodiak burger, which had, like, Canadian bacon in the middle. And then I got, uh, like, a sausage sandwich that was covered in mayonnaise, uh, like a horseradishy sauce, and sauerkraut. And that sausage sandwich was fucking excellent. Delicious. Um, did I say mayonnaise? I meant mustard. I'm sorry. I meant mustard. It was covered in mustard. Like deli mustard. It was awesome. And so I ate that. The burger was also very good and the fries were tasty. So I just wolfed all that down. Um, and by the time I was done with that, uh, everybody else showed up. And of course they were hungry. But what we failed to realize was one, Leavenworth is not um, door dashed or Ubered or anything like that. Two, everything closed at like eight in terms of food. Um, and we weren't aware of that. So we tried to get some places to like do takeout and stuff, but like their kitchens were closed and they were shutting down for the night. So we kept missing opportunities. And so we went with the only food option that was available to us at that point, which was McDonald's. And I, I don't eat fast food very often. I don't really consider Chipotle to be fast food, even though that's exactly what it is. It is fast food. Like, like technically it is fast food. Um, but that's pretty much all I consume when it comes to fast food. So I hadn't had McDonald's in a really long time. So I got a spicy McChicken sandwich and like a kid's meal chicken McNugget thing. Um, and fuck me, the chicken McNuggets tasted exactly how I remember them tasting. Um, and the, the spicy McChicken sandwich was just straight up really good. Like I probably could have eaten like five of those. I suppose that's the danger of fast food, but those were tasty. So we got that and then some fries and I think we watched like the Illuminations Grinch movie because it was on ABC Family and um, it wasn't a smart TV like we were hoping. We had very high expectations for this this hotel and this town apparently uh, when it came to entertainment and food options. Um, but we learned our lesson the next day. Uh, so the next day we woke up and we went and got like the, the complimentary breakfast at the hotel which um, consisted of like mini pancakes and like a breakfast sandwich and... Um, yogurts it was very good um and then we went on a hike we had intended to go up to icicle ridge but the road was closed so we ended up going on a, a on a much shorter hike based on like our own intuition and we ended up seeing one of the fucking best views i've ever seen of uh, just a whole snow-covered valley with a big roaring river pouring through it and we were just like on this rocky bluff with like no trees obscuring it it was incredible it was such a view we sat up there for a long time 
just absorbing the the amazing sight that we were we were given uh, on that hiking adventure. And we walked through like foot and a half of snow, like it was it was deep snow. So we definitely got some some snow time, um, which of course was kind of the whole point of going to Leverth. Didn't and didn't fall snow while we were there, which we were all pretty bummed about. Um, we just you know it just rained. I guess it was a little too warm. Um, but you know, some, you just roll the dice and that's, that's what the weather decided to do. It was still an amazing fucking weekend. We went on the hike and then we went back to town to go to, um, Duck and Drake, Ducks and Drakes, um, something like that. It's a basement bar, um, near one of the, one of the brand new fucking massive hotels close to like the river park. Um, in Leavenworth, and that was very good. It had the Wiener Schnitzel, had mulled wine, um, which I'm not much of a wine guy usually. I drank a lot of wine this weekend, um, and mulled wine with the cinnamon and the orange peel, fucking tasty. So that was that was great. And then I had a Drew Brew Hefeweizen that was also really good. Like I've never had a, a Hefeweizen with that much flavor going on. It was awesome. Um, I don't remember the exact name of it, but any Hefeweizen from Drew Brew is probably going to be pretty good. So I got to keep my eyes peeled for that. I don't drink a lot of beer anymore because it's just a bunch of fucking calories. But during the holidays, I like to let loose a little bit. And I'm doing I'm doing pretty okay on the whole fitness front and the healthy eating. So I don't feel super guilty about drinking all this beer and eating all this delicious fried food. Um, so we did that. And then we did some shopping. Um, we got some, some other folks some stuff. And we wandered through all the shops and stuff like that. And then it was getting pretty late. Um, and so we had this idea to avoid the food panic from yesterday that we were going to go to uh, Rudolph Pizza. And we we had what we wanted, but it turned out they didn't have any fucking sausages and they were only capable of making pizza stuff. So we all got calzones, um, like three different calzones. And those were very tasty. They looked a treat. They looked amazing. The, the crust was really good. And so we're eating calzones and drinking and all that stuff. And we put on the TV again and we got um, uh, from, the, from the front desk, we were able to get the uh, Claymation Rudolph special from like the fucking 50s or whatever. Um, that was, you know, that was just Christmas incarnate. I love that special. Um, it's so much fun to make fun of, but it's also just a joy to watch. So we watched that, ate our calzones, drank and were, was merry, and then went to bed. And then Sunday came around and we got Starbucks breakfast, which was delicious. And then we went to Baron House for lunch, where I got um, Sauerbraten. Uh, which I had never had before, which is, uh, it's like a brined, slow roasted roast beef that was just excellent, like melt in the mouth. It was delicious. And it came with like fried potatoes and red cabbage and sauerkraut, both of which were really tasty. Um, oh, I forgot. Um, the night before we also went wine tasting. That's why I mentioned, um, we drank a lot of wine and, um, I got a red flight. So there was a Syrah in there. There was a Cabernet, there was port. And then there were two others. I can't remember. BDX, I think was one of them. And then um, the fifth one was actually, it was a white wine. Um, I can't remember which one it was though, but there was a white wine in my uh, in my red flight. Um, and I'm not the best when it comes to detecting subtle variations within wine. I could do it with whiskey and I probably would chalk that up to practice because um, I've consumed a lot of whiskey and a lot of different kinds of whiskey. So I've gotten pretty good at detecting various notes of it. Um, but I, I'm not that adept at figuring out the subtleties with wine. I will say that the 21 year old port was my fucking favorite. Um, port's a dessert wine. 
So it was sweeter, which normally I don't go for, but with wine, it really worked for me. Um, and then it was also cut with like 50% brandy. So I had much higher alcohol content uh, than most wines do. But like that shit was fucking nice, guys. That was good. Not, I'm going to spend $45 on a bottle of wine. Nice, but nice, but nice. Um, I also picked up um, on this adventure as things are coming back to me. We went to an underground um, bar that was selling cocktails to go. Um, that The name escapes me, unfortunately, um, but it was, it was really cool. And they had something on the menu I have never in my life seen. Aged eggnog. And I went... Huh. How is that possible? And they described it to me and they basically like they made the eggnog and then like the alcohol in the eggnog burns off all the stuff that like would make old eggnog problematic. Um and so I was like, okay. Normally I don't like mixing dairy with alcohol. Um I don't think those things blend together very well. But this stuff, I don't remember exactly what alcohol's in there, in there. I believe it's like brandy, and I think there's some whiskey, and maybe a little bit of rum. Like, you know, a dangerous blend of a lot of incredible cocktails. Or a lot of incredible uh, liquors. Um, but right before it would become, like, really obtrusive of the alcohol to be, like, dangerous, it kind of ends off with this the creamy, spiced flavor of eggnog. Like, it kind of, like, right as it goes to be too much, the alcohol fades away, and you just are left with this kind of creamy, nice mouthfeel of eggnog. So it sounds weird, but it's actually okay. Um, and I have, like, a half liter of that, which I'm basically just saving for, for Christmas. Um, and I'm going to share that with everybody. Everybody gets a, a... Everybody who can consume eggnog will get a glass of eggnog, and we're just going to go fucking ham. Um, but yeah, Sunday. So we went to Baron House, and that was delicious, and we wrapped up our shopping... Um, uh, we went to like the bookstore, we went to, uh, the cheesemonger shop, which is like the, the cured meat and cheese place, uh, there. And then we, um, just kind of wandered around and enjoyed the sights and went our separate ways. They went off back to their, uh, uh, place of, of living. Um, I had to get gas before I hit the road, which I'm really glad I did because if I didn't, I would not have made it and I would have been stuck in like Stevens Pass. This time around, I did want to take Stevens Pass. I was very tired and Stevens Pass was the fastest, most direct route back to my place because basically like where I live, I just need to drive east and I will hop on the road to Stevens Pass. Like I don't even need to touch a highway technically. I can just keep going and I'll get there. Um, and so I just wanted to get home so I could go to bed. And um, I, I checked ahead of time because I was worried about snow and stuff. Um, and the roads were were hopefully going to be clear because it rained the previous day and I'm like okay well the rain should have melted pretty much everything um and I was right there was there was no issues um coming back along Stevens Pass I did pull over at one point though because there was this enormous green river um that had carved its way through like a fucking canyon um of rock and stuff and the rocks were like just polished super smooth and this thing was ripping along at a, an incredible speed um and so I, I went down there to take pictures of it. And uh, I actually approached the river from the wrong side and I had to cross an, an eddy um, that was pretty wide. I think it was like a 20-foot thing, like leaping from slippery river rock to slippery river rock. And my shoes got soaked, even though they were, they were mostly waterproof. But if the water comes in over the top, there's nothing you can do. So, uh, yeah, I had to deal with, like, fucking trench foot the whole west, rest of the way home. But it was an awesome-looking river. And... 
ended up getting home at like five ish and then i had to unload everything and bring it all upstairs and did like a bunch of loads of laundry i was exhausted um and then i ended up crashing pretty hard and now i've got this whole week off for for christmas vacation so uh yeah the trip was the trip was utterly fantastic um and i i i do love leavenworth um and i feel like i've now finally really done leavenworth most of the time i go to leavenworth it's for day trips um which make them exceedingly long days but for this one where we got to stay and really enjoy the sights and kind of pal around and and do some do some drinking and go on some hikes and see like the really awesome nature side of it which i hadn't done before just simply incredible um i absolutely absolutely loved the trip um and would would highly recommend it but i think that will do it for this week's episode of the podcast thank you all very much for listening i hope you all have a wonderful holiday season um i will see you next week for another episode and yeah have a good one everybody